Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy high5gear.com. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me in the Above180.com podcast is Chris Kelzo. After qualifying in the West region of the PBA Players Championship, Chris is currently sitting in fifth place and heading into the stepladders coming up in Florida. Chris, it's Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining me today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be with you. All right, Chris. Well, you were one of the five bowlers to make it out of the West region for the PBA Players Championship. Took place at Bolero Christown in Phoenix, Arizona. So let's talk about what was your mindset going into it? This is a longer form tournament over two days than what you guys are used to on the regional tour and even bowling some of the national events. It's not quite this long, but what was your mindset going into the event and, uh, and, uh, and how did you approach it? You know, I just wanted to get out there and just do the same thing we always do. Uh, go out there for one shot at a time, take each pattern one at a time and not really worry about it. Thinking about the fact that you've got to bowl 28 games in two days, um, because that makes it sound a little too overwhelming. So just go out there, bowl your seven game block and just take it one block at a time. Because once you're in there and throwing the ball, you're not really worried about how many games you have to bowl. I'm curious how you approach the practice session. I've talked to a lot of players and everyone kind of has their own different way of handling the practice session the day before. How did you handle this practice session and did it change based on the format you guys were bowling? Um, I, I personally never bowl for a full two hour practice session anyways. Um, so I like to get out there. I like to bowl for 15 or 20 minutes or so on the fresh to, to get an idea, watch my own ball go down the lane. And then I personally like to go around and watch everybody else because for me it's easier to see ball reaction coming off of other people's hands, easier than reading my own ball reaction sometimes. So I like to go out there, see it a little bit for myself, and then also go back and, and watch some transition and watch uh, to see what everyone else is doing. <laughs> And uh, and I guess I'd like to go. This is uh, you've had quite the quite the month uh, in December, winning your second regional in uh, in Oklahoma. Um, what 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 do you think has um, has clicked for you over this last uh, forty five days? Um, I think it's been a lot of uh, 
growing in my mental game because I used to be really bad. I'd, I'd think too much. I'd, I'd talk myself into throwing a bad shot. Um, physically, um, I haven't really had any struggles lately, but like I said, mentally, it's just, you know, you've made it this far. You're, you're in match play. Just get up there and throw a good shot. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Worry about what I can, what I can do, what I can control. Just go make the best shot. So how did you work on your mental game? We know uh, I've done podcasts with Dr. Dean. I know there's some other very uh, strong people who have ideas on a mental game. Who did you turn to or did you turn to uh, someone or was it more of just some uh, some reading or how did you handle that? Um, it's been a little bit of reading and a little bit of just the general consensus, you know, basic things like learning how to control your breathing. Don't let your heart rate get too out of control. Um, so I can get up on the approach with a clear head instead of worrying about this, worrying about that. Don't throw it here. Don't grab it. Don't do this. So I've been able to just keep it under control and just go make a good shot instead of thinking so much. Chris, we will be able to catch you this Sunday in the stepladder on Fox Sports. So that's a good thing. You guys are right out of the gate first. There's no uh, no sitting around for you. Do, will that help you out as this will be your first time on TV? Yeah, um, it doesn't bother me too much. I'm glad we can just get out there and and bowl. And then plus being I'm in the fifth spot, I have nowhere to go but up. So I don't have any real worries about it. Go out there and if I can get comfortable on that pair of lanes, win a match or two, I, I, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, and one of the things in seeing your you know your regional, the West region here, got some very solid players, obviously had some solid players in the region this last weekend at uh, Bolero Christown. But um, talk about just uh, just some of your competitors. We, you know, you got uh, Tang, Buttruff, Wesley Lowe, and Anthony Simonson there that, that you're staring down. So I guess, uh, like you said, you can only, only go one way, but just the, the competition you guys were facing out there was, uh, was strong in Phoenix. Yes, I, I believe we had a very strong field, especially just with, with the regional guys, like you said, the David Haynes guys like that. Plus, you know, when you've got Simonson and Elmani and Buttruff and you see those names in the field, uh, it's easy to get a little tim- intimidated, but the conditions out there were, were relatively difficult. And obviously they, there weren't, uh, your normal tour ball reps out there helping everyone out. So it was, to me, I thought it was a little bit of a, it, it evened out the playing field a little bit because we're in a bowling center that a lot of us haven't been at too many times. Um, they just came out with the new 2021 patterns. So to me, I think it was, it just it even things out a little bit, everyone going into this, you know, without too much knowledge about what's going on and had to make your own decisions. And um, it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun, but like I said, it was, it was definitely tricky out there. The patterns were not easy and there was a lot of friction and it was a, uh, very uh, competitive tournament all the way down to the end. That's for sure. How um, you mentioned the the no ball reps and and such. How do you think that? Um, how do you think that played out? Or how do you are you thinking? I mean, like you're saying, these guys that are used to having extra eyes behind them didn't this go around. Um, do you think that played a role in some of the in some of the players maybe that people thought would have made it or, or done a little better? Um, 
I wouldn't say it's a it's a be all end all type of thing, but I think it does make a little bit of a difference when you have to rely on your own decision making and you don't necessarily have somebody telling you, Hey, you go to this pair next, this is what they're doing here, or this guy hit this pair and things like that when it, it does make it a little tougher, especially when you're moving from, you know, thirty nine and forty down to five and six. Uh, you really don't know what's going on from side to side, so um, like I, I don't think it's a, a huge, huge deal, but I think it does make a small difference. And you, I think that's one of the things that maybe the average player, the amateur player listening who bowls one or two nights a week in league doesn't always understand. It's not always the equipment selection, but it's more of the – it's also the scouting pairs. It's like you said, what what more importantly even what was going down on the lane because we, we saw a lot of urethane this weekend out there too from when I was there, especially on the shorter pattern. But frankly, I feel like I saw it all weekend. So it's good to have that knowledge of what was going down when. Correct. And I, I was fortunate enough to have one of my buddies come down with me, help me drive down there and, and – stuff like that so uh when i was following jason for example i would i would he would be able to go look at that pair and be like hey just so you know he's throwing urethane between second and third arrow do with that info what you will but this is what's going on so i had a a little bit a little bit of help in regards to that which i believe was very beneficial to me did it look like a lot of players or players who could, like you said, like the regional guys, you all were allowed one guest in at the tournament due to the COVID restrictions, no other fans, n- not a lot of people there. Did a lot of people take advantage of that, like yourself, who were, were driving down from Colorado, maybe Arizona, uh, you know, other parts of Arizona, Nevada, California, et cetera? Um, I have to imagine, there, I, I believe there were a handful. Um, a lot of it was... Uh, girlfriends and wives and and stuff like that as well. So, um, there there were definitely a lot of guys going around. And there were there were a handful of ball reps down there. None of the tour guys, obviously, but I did see quite a few people um, with with a little bit of help with reading ball reaction stuff like that. Because I mean, if you have the opportunity to, you might as well take it. And while watching the stars of the PBA, the ones wearing dye-supplemented jerseys were wearing their great-looking high-five gear jerseys, H5G Brands. Check out h5gbrands.com for your favorite dye-supplemented jerseys. If you want to get one of your PBA stars, they have the replica jerseys you can get online. Also, check out your own jerseys if you're preparing for the USBC Open Championships. Get your team looking sharp as you head to uh, Las Vegas. No hidden artwork fees, thousands of designs. Use promo code ABOVE180. That will get you $20 off your order. Promo code ABOVE180 for $20 off your order. Again, no hidden artwork fees, thousands of designs. Look sharp on the lanes like your PBA stars do by checking out h5gbrands.com. Also seeing some great stuff on bowlingthismonth.com. Bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. Check out bowlingthismonth.com. Have your ball reviews on your left-hand side. Lots of great new equipment out there. Check all of that out, bowlingthismonth.com. Seeing articles to help you with your spare shooting, articles to help you with your mental game, articles to help you with your physical game. Again, check that out. Everything at your fingertips, bowlingthismonth.com. You're on staff with uh, with Hammer. I'd love to talk everyone through what you threw on the you know, over the weekend and then what you're liking in that EBI lineup. 
Yeah, um, as far as what I'm liking, I'm very impressed with the Widow 2.0 and the WebMD, um, the latest two coming from Hammer. Those have been been very good in my eyes um, as far as just bowling on league patterns and, and even tournament patterns. I did use that Widow 2.0 in, in the last couple of matches in Shawnee when I won there. Um, as far as this last weekend, the Ebonite Allure Solid looked incredible for me on a lot of fresh and then a little bit later on Viper. Um, once that ball got a little bit too early, I was able to go right into I had two different bonus pearls drilled. Both of them were pinned down, but one of them was a little weaker pin than the other one. Um, both of those balls looked incredible for me. I was able to get them down the lane clean, but still control the shape off the back of the pattern, which was huge this week because of the amount of friction that we were dealing with. So Definitely the Allure Solid and the Bonus Pearls looked looked amazing for me all weekend. All right. And then I guess my, my final, final question. How, how do you – do you think – I guess I'll just be up front. Do you think too much urethane was used? Are guys stuck to urethane too early and never made that move to the reactive resin? Um, I think I think there was urethane being thrown when, when it wasn't necessarily needed. Um, and that does cause a little bit of a problem. Like for me personally, if I'm throwing urethane for a few games, it, it's difficult to make that jump into resin because you don't know how far you need to go. You don't know exactly what part of the lane you need to get into. You don't know if you're going to catch the urethane carry down. Uh, so I think that is a little bit of a trap. Um, I throw urethane when I need to. Um, so maybe, you know, I threw it the first couple games on Viper, maybe a game or two on Chameleon. But I tried to avoid falling into the trap of of not knowing when or where to move. Um, and I think that I didn't like urethane a lot this weekend because there's just so much friction in the front of the lane. And it was really difficult to get the ball through the fronts and not have it miss, miss the mid lane read. So I think... There was a, I mean, there's more urethane being used than I anticipated there might be, but it's also not that surprising because it seems to be really popular with the college kids and stuff now too. So, all right, well, Chris, wish you the best of luck in uh, in Florida. Hope uh, hope to see you advance. And you know what? What are what? No matter what happens, what are some of the things? What are going to be your biggest takeaways from from the entire event? Um, I, I'd love to also, I guess, get your perspective the way things were done with all the regions. And I'm sure you guys were watching back on Flow Bowling when you were finishing up yours, or with you guys starting a little bit later, maybe watching before you got started. But but what were your overall impressions of the of the events, uh, the way they took place across the United States? You know, I really, really enjoyed the event. Um, I thought it was great of Bolero and the PBA to really give the regional guys their chance at making a TV show and, and being able to compete. Because, I mean, obviously you've still got your national tour guys in each region, but it's a lot easier. I mean, it's, it, there's nothing easy about it, but you have a much better opportunity to make that TV show when you've only got a handful of those national guys in each region. So I really like to see it. Um, I, I do call it a, a true players championship because all of the PBA players uh, have the opportunity to be involved. And as far as the, the tournament this weekend goes in Florida, I mean, 
it's an awesome opportunity. Um, just going to try to try to enjoy it, make some good shots, and whatever happens, happens. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being here on the Above180.com podcast. All the best of luck to, uh, to you down in Florida, and we will uh, be catching up with you again down the road. Absolutely. I appreciate it.